0: Welcome to another episode of Search News You Can Use with me, Dr. Marie Haynes. I'm super excited about this episode because once again, it's an audio only podcast episode. I'm going back to making separate content for YouTube versus the audio version of podcast. If you stick around to the end, I'll explain why I'm doing that. In this episode, we're going to talk about Google's October spam update. Historically, I haven't paid a whole lot of attention to spam updates. I always want them to be exciting because I got my start in understanding Google penalties. And I spent many years where the only thing that I did was either unnatural link penalties or helping business owners who had been demolished by Google's Penguin algorithm, helping them trying to recover, there were many business owners that didn't realize that they were hiring SEO firms that were using techniques that went against Google's guidelines. And when Penguin hit, these things that used to work well, like some sites could actually rank well, really well with low quality directory links and low quality articles. Like you'd go and find all these directories, like Hi PRrankingsdirectory.com or bestlinkdirectory.com. There were so many that existed just for SEO purposes, and in some cases these types of links actually could push sites to the top of rankings for, for many verticals. I saw many businesses that ranked competitively using low quality link spam until Penguin hit. What I'm seeing with the October spam update is very, very similar to the early days of Penguin. Historically, spam updates have really only affected really spammy sites, like sites with gibberish or just phone numbers on the page, uh, that type of thing. And that's why I haven't analyzed them a lot because I don't do all this work to help spammers do better SEO. I get passionate about figuring out Google because I'm trying to help business owners and people like myself who just like, I, I was a veterinarian and I made a website as a hobby to learn something new. And, and look what happened. Like learning to make a good, helpful website can be a new income source. For me, it created a whole new career. Many people who were hit by the October spam update were what a lot of people right now are calling niche site owners, Many of these are are just regular people, not evil hackers or spammers, but just normal people who created a website. Some of you have created too many websites, but created a website and then broke Google's guidelines in making your efforts to rank it. A, A niche site is a site that focuses on one particular topic. Now there's nothing wrong with this, but many of you chose your niche based on what you felt could rank. Google's helpful content update, which is, which is not what affected you if you were hit by the October 19th to 21st spam update, but very important for niche site owners to pay attention to, for all of us to pay attention to. It says this, did you decide to enter some niche topic area without any real expertise, but instead mainly because you thought you'd get search traffic? They also say, Do you have an existing or intended audience for your business or site that would find content useful if they came directly to you? It doesn't say, is there an existing audience, but do you have an existing audience? There's a big difference. When I made my first website, I was a veterinarian. I had an audience already in front of me and I made that website to educate that audience that I already had. I had clients that would come to me here. Here's an example. I had a client whose dog had anemia problems, uh, problems with low red blood cells. And it turns out that this dog had been given huge amounts of garlic, which is toxic to a dog's red blood cells. Because the dog had fleas and the owner went to Google and searched for how to treat fleas on dogs. And at that time, the top ranking site was a Yahoo Answers post that said, oh, you need to give your dog lots of garlic. This is a, an old wives' tale that uh, garlic is going to kill fleas. Well, garlic is toxic to dogs. Now, this dog did just fine. We got it on flea control and the red blood cells recovered. But I got really frustrated. This happened all the time. And I dreamed about creating a website where I could put good, accurate medical information for pets online. So I had an existing audience and a purpose for creating my website. Now, in creating this website, I added information to the online environment that didn't already exist. I added my own perspective on veterinary cases. I answered questions in ways that were not copying what everybody else did, but were adding my expertise to the internet. Now, that website is why I got into SEO, because initially I was getting about 30 people a day coming from Google search to my website. And I started to hang out in SEO forums and I learned, uh, I learned SEO. I learned that links were important and I started to get a little bit of buzz about my site. And one day I got featured in a woman's world magazine piece. It was a piece about getting veterinary advice online. And if you want to know what my secret to getting good PR like that was, it was just creating great content. I, I didn't do any outreach to get that link women's world magazine actually reached out to me to ask my story about creating this website because I was creating something that was different and valuable to people. So, so why am I talking about me creating a website? I want to emphasize that having an intended audience that you can serve is way better than just creating a site because you think it can rank well. Instead of creating a site that aggregates information to teach people how to fix vacuums or another sports blog that rewrites the same news as everyone else, you you need to create a site where you can present yourself as an expert on a topic and offer a perspective that other people don't have. I'll be producing a bunch of content that will help us do this better in the days and months to come. But today I want to focus on this spam update. Many of the sites that were impacted by this spam update were hit really, really hard. I can imagine scenarios where, you know, maybe you've lost your job or you've just retired uh, or quit your job because of the stresses of the pandemic. And I think a lot of people that were hit were just starting to find an income source in making money by creating content, by creating websites, by reviewing products and figuring out how to get Google to rank that content. Well, here's what I think has happened to the SEO industry, or at least to new people who are coming into this industry. Let's say I'm new to online marketing and I want to learn, I, I, I've made a website and I want to learn how to market it. I want to learn how to rank this website on Google. Well, I just did a search just now for how to rank a website on Google. And I'm not going to call out which websites I'm looking at because many of the people that have created this content that I'm about to share with you, they are people that I really respect and they're sharing tactics that have worked historically, but may not work today. So look at this as from the perspective of somebody who's just created a website and is trying to figure out how do I make money with it online? How do I get it to rank on Google? One of the top ranking results tells me that the first thing, one of the first things that I need to do, or one of the most impactful things that I need to do is to get external backlinks, which is true. It's difficult to rank for anything competitive without links. And they link to a post that they have on how to do this, how to get backlinks. Now, some of the information in this post is good, but then they give this information about something that they call link drops. They say they could be a great way to save yourself time. You can find an article on your chosen topic and then offer to add your quote and link. When I'm doing link audits, this is the type of link that I call either an in-article link or an article for SEO is another term that I've used to describe this type of link. It doesn't matter whether you've paid specifically for that link, whether you've paid an agency to make that link for you, or even if you didn't pay anything and it's just an exchange of I'll give you content and in return, I get a link, this type of linking, getting mentioned, getting a mention inserted in an article so you can get a link is against Google's guidelines. So let's go back to the search results. Another well-known site tells me I need to build more backlinks. And then they link to their link building guide. And this explains the importance of links, which is really good. There's some good advice on this page, but there's also some outdated stuff. They talk about blog commenting for links, uh, po- posting to forum for links. And they do say that, yeah, these things aren't that effective. And there's ways that you can do them that they can be beneficial. But we all know that the people who are reading these posts are, are, are if they post in forums, they're doing it just to create links. And they go on to list, several other ways to get links that are directly against Google's guidelines. I'm going to share in a more in a minute, what Google's spam guidelines specifically are, because if you were hit by the spam update, it's because you've broken Google's guidelines. If you were hit by a core update, we had a core update, September 12th. Core updates are about content and about EAT. They're not about breaking Google's guidelines. I initially had wondered whether the spam update and the helpful content update were connected. And Danny Sullivan answered me on Twitter saying, the spam update is separate. It involves content not meeting our spam policies. And he linked to Google's documentation on their spam guidelines. This blog post is, uh, so this blog post again, going back to the blog post that's telling us how to get links. They tell us that one good way to get links is guest blogging. If you are guest blogging for the sake of getting links, you're breaking Google's guidelines. So let's dig in here to these guidelines, to Google's spam policies. They've just recently consolidated all of the spam policies. These used to be just separate documents. And now they've got a whole section on link spam. It tells us that any link's any links that are intended to manipulate rankings in google search may be considered link spam the argument that always comes up when i say this is well then that means any seo who tries to get links is a spammer i agree that links are important links are important because they signal to google that other people are recommending your content if you know how to get links if you know how to get people to recommend your content or if you know how to get people to recommend you as an expert, to recommend your company as an expert in your subject, then you have a skill as a link builder. I don't even like calling it link building. Maybe PR is the right word or mention building is something that I've called it in the past. You want to get mentioned in places that matter in places that matter in real life. I know SEOs who do good work in this area, but it's really, really difficult to get this type of link. And people who do good work in this area, they charge really good money to do it uh, because it's very difficult to either create content Or to create buzz about a business uh, in ways that make people actually want to link to it from their own volition. Many of you are building links and you're telling yourselves they're not spam because everyone else is doing the same thing. And some people seem to be having great success with building links to manipulate Google's rankings. You don't know necessarily that they're having success. I know a lot of people who claim to have good success in building links that, uh, you know, it stopped working for them for quite some time ago. Uh, But I do know some people I think that still can manipulate Google uh, and find new ways to do it. You know, that industry still exists. So let's look at the link spam guidelines. Here's one of the examples of links that are considered spam. Advertorials or native advertising where payment is received for articles. That includes links that pass ranking credit. Now, this used to say PageRank. I find it fascinating. They removed all instances of PageRank from the webmaster guidelines, now called the search essentials. That includes links that pass ranking credit links with optimized anchor text in articles, guest posts, or press releases distributed on other sites. Guest posting for the purpose of building links is against Google's guidelines. Now, does that mean that if I guest posted in the past, now I'm going to have a penalty against my site? No, Google understands that some guest posting is good for the web. Some guest posting is helpful. I have an article I wrote about what Google has said on guest posting. Uh, It's several years old now, and it's still very relevant. So I'm going to link to that in uh, the, uh, the description because I think a lot of you could probably benefit from reading it. Recently, I wrote an article for Wix. And you know, before I tell you that... This is probably a good place to mention that if you like this podcast, you're going to love listening to Morty Oberstein and Crystal Carter's podcast for Wix called Serps Up. I saw they're interviewing Kevin Indig this week. Kevin is someone I often quote in my newsletter, and he's got great insight into Google's algorithms. Uh, That's a sponsored mention. Thanks, Wix. But I really do recommend that you check that podcast out. If you like mine, you'll love theirs. So I wrote an article for Wix about analyzing traffic drops. And in my bio, it links back to my site. That guest post was not created for the link. I didn't pay for it. In fact, Wix paid me to write that article. And I can understand where there's confusion because you could convince yourself that your guest posting was done for brand recognition, for helping you, you gain recognition in your industry, for gaining new business. I got business from people who read my Wix post. The link in my bio points people to my book on evaluating your site in the eyes of the quality raters guidelines. I sold a number of books to people who read my Wix post, clicked that link and bought a book. That link had much more value to me than any page rank that may have passed through it, than any ranking benefit. Plus, it was a really good, helpful article. It was outranking my own article on traffic drops for a while, but I just checked and I think I'm back again. Uh, In July of 2021, Google released a spam update and they told us that it was in regards to links. Now, I wish I had spent more time looking at this update. At the time, I thought that this was like other spam updates that really just affected the most spammiest of sites. Google has said for years that guest posting is against their guidelines, but the July spam update specifically called out guest posting. Many SEOs guest post for links because sometimes it works still. It's a way to get links that could be counted as recommendations and it might help improve rankings. But let me read from Google's article on the July 2021 link spam update. Another common way sites can monetize is by accepting sponsored and guest posts from other sites. These are articles written by or in the name of one website and published on a different website. In the past, we observed campaigns of low quality sponsored and guest posts primarily intended to gain links. Now some people could say, well, you know, my guest posts are not low quality and I'll tell you that the sites that were hit by this update a lot of them had guest posts that I could call out very clearly as ones that were created just for links. I've audited links for years, often for eight hours a day straight. <laughs> and I can often look at a page and go, oh yeah, I, I can't say exactly why, but this is clearly an- a page that exists just to link out for SEO purposes. There are patterns that no matter how sneaky you try to be, you, you-, you- if you look at enough links that are manipulative, you can pick it out. You can pick out the patterns. And if I can pick it out as a human being, well, Google's machine learned systems, which I'm going to talk about in a second, can probably do even better. They then go on to say, well, we have gotten significantly better at identifying and nullifying such link schemes, talking about guest posting. In hindsight, many of the sites that I've reviewed for core update losses recently, they were also hit by the July, 2021 spam update. Google told us that they nullified many of the links that were previously passing value through guest posts. But now I'm wondering if uh, those sites that saw losses, if your losses clearly start July 26, 2021, I'm almost wondering now if there's some benefit in actually disavowing those guest posts. It may be that they aren't just nullified by Google, uh, but if you have enough of them, especially if you were impacted with this October spam update, uh, that it is acting as a significant filter or almost like an algorithmic penalty affecting your site. Okay, so let's go back to this advice on Google's top ranked sites that are teaching me how to rank on Google. One of these articles tells me that another thing I need to be doing to get links to my website is link exchange, to exchange links with other site owners. Now, if you are a small business, it makes sense to do link exchange on a small scale, not necessarily for the purpose of improving your page rank. If you're a real estate agent, and you have links to your recommended mortgage broker, uh, painter, lawyer, and, and all of those sites happen to link back to you as well. Well, those are recommendations. Those are your connections in real life. And those are the types of links that you should be going after, like as real life connections, actually recommending you real professionals who also recognize you as a professional. But Google's guidelines talk about excessive link exchange. Uh, it says link to me and I'll link to you or partner pages exclusively for the sake of cross-linking, uh, real estate pages used to do those partner type pages all the time. I saw a site once that was using a well-known platform that was a templated real estate website solution. And every single realtor had a hidden page, a page that was hidden from the realtor themselves that was cross-linking to several other realtors all around the world. (laughs) It had nothing to do with real life, but it was there just for SEO purposes. Uh, And eventually Google ran, there was an algorithm that fixed that. That was a common practice. It was interesting to see that many of the sites that I analyzed that were hit by the October spam update very clearly had a network of sites that were interlinking. I could see the patterns with my eyes. One was a sports site, and I looked at the backlinks pointing to a particular page on this site, and several were anchored with the keyword LeBron James. And when I looked at the pages that were linking to this site, it was really obvious that the same style of template was used, uh, that uh, the same font was used. It was really, really obvious that this was a network of news sites uh, that were, you know, they were built to look like legitimate news sites. But think about it if you're a reporter writing about LeBron James, why would you link that? Why would you point your readers to uh, another news site with a very similar article? a legitimate report is going to link to an authoritative source, something where your reader can actually find out more about LeBron James or maybe link internally. And, When I looked at these sites, uh, another thing I did was look up these sites on Google and I clicked on the three dots, which a few videos ago, I talked about using Google's about the result information from the SERPs to get more uh, idea of the EAT of certain pages. And when you look at these sites that are linking in this network, Google tells us that they don't have any information about other people talking about this website or this business. It was super obvious that this was a network that was designed for SEO purposes. So let's look at the next site that ranks for how to rank a website on Google. Uh, again, this is from somebody that I really respect and I think has some really great ideas on SEO and they're talking about things that have worked for them in terms of link building. And again, they recommend guest blogging. Now this article says that guest blogging is against Google's guidelines, but they try to find a loophole and say that it specifically says that large scale campaigns using keyword rich anchor texts is what's uh, against Google's guidelines. Uh, I mean, I guess the way Google words things, maybe some have interpreted it to mean that only keyword anchored guest posts are gonna get you in trouble. I read the guidelines as this. Here's what it says. Articles that include links that pass ranking credit or links with optimized anchor text in articles, guest posts, or press releases. I mean, articles that include links that pass ranking credit, uh, they may or may not be saying that it has to be an optimized anchor text to be unnatural, but think about that. Do you think Google wants to count guest posts with any sort of anchor text as a proxy for people recommending your site? Of course they don't want to count that. And again, the guidelines on link spam say any links that are intended to manipulate rankings can be considered link spam. If you're guest posting, even if you're using your URLs as the link anchor, you're breaking Google spam guidelines and you're at risk for being hit like many sites were hit with the October spam update. And again, if you've written a couple of guest posts, you're not getting hit with this link spam update, but if that's one of your main modes of action for getting links to your website, especially if there's no evidence of real world businesses and people actually recommending you once the self-made links are removed, you're going to be in trouble. Okay, there's more. The next site that ranks has a whole section on, it's called building links the right way which is a bit of an oxymoron because if you're building links, you're creating your own links. You're doing it in a way that's against Google's guidelines. It says, here are some of the ways to do that and the types of links that you need. Number one, anchor text links. And they go on to say that these are simple links that appear within content, or in other words, getting links inserted into other people's content. This is exactly the type of link that many sites impacted by this spam update have. So, Here's what I think happened with the spam update. Google told us a couple of years ago about something that they call spam brain. It's AI, it's a machine learning system that identifies content that goes against Google's guidelines on spam. I think that the machine learning system just got significantly better. Google's made huge advances in machine learning over the last couple of years. I've been talking about how Google's, how search works documentation tells us that they use machine learning and interaction data to determine which content is relevant and helpful to searchers. Machine learning is a, is a big deal. The spam guidelines have not changed. You can get dinged for cloaking, which is showing Googlebot different info than searchers, uh, hidden text, keyword stuffing. Most of the sites that I saw that were affected by this update, I think you were likely affected because of link spam. Not all of you though. A few had thin affiliate content, which is covered in these guidelines. Some had copied content and others had uh, user generated spam. There was uh, one that submitted that was a forum and uh there was user generated spam which is described in Google's link spam documentation so how does google's spam brain learn to find spam machine learning takes examples of good content and examples of bad content in this in this case probably spammy content content that is breaking the guidelines on spam and they, they take examples that have been labeled, that a human being has labeled certain things in these examples. I'm going to talk about these labels in a second. And then machine learning figures out an algorithm that can look at other pieces of content or other websites and determine whether or not they're likely to be spam. They predict whether they're likely to be spam. So let's talk about these labels. We, we know that the types of links that are pointing to our site are labeled by Google. They have been for years. In 2016, Search Engine Land published an interview with Gary Isch from Google. Danny Sullivan, so he was working for Search Engine Land, this is before he worked for Google, was asking Gary questions about how the Penguin algorithm worked. And Gary started talking about this thing he called a link label. Gary says, so if you think about it, there are tons of different kinds of links on the internet. There are footer links, for example, there are penguinized links. That's really interesting, right? I would imagine that penguinized links were links that were have been discounted by penguin's algorithm. So G- Gary says there are penguinized links and all of these kinds of links have certain labels. I'm quoting him again. Internally attached to them, basically for our own information. And if the manual actions team is reviewing a site for whatever reason and they see that most of the links are labeled as Penguin Real-Time Affected, then they might decide to take a much deeper look on the site and see what's up with those links or what could be the reason that those links exist and maybe apply a manual action on the site because of the links. So this was back in 2016. Gary Isch told us that all of the links pointing to our site are labeled. They might have labels that say footer link, for example, that, that kind of blew my mind back then when I heard it. And now that I understand more about machine learning, it makes so much more sense. And I see how machine learning can use those labels to identify patterns of manipulation. So links are just one component. We don't know what all of the labels are, but I would imagine that it goes beyond just labeling what types of links a page has pointing to it. Uh, They might look at components like what type of design was used or what style of language was used to write the page, or whether there are unique images on the page, or a particular type of image, or who knows, even a different size of image maybe correlates often with spam. Um, and, and you know, there may be things like site-wide factors to consider, like how much of that site cont- uh, is considered containing unique content. There's so many things that Google possibly could label on these pages. And what machine learning does is determine how much weight to put in each of these different factors, each of the things that were labeled to produce an algorithm that can consistently recognize the pages or sites that maybe are breaking Google spam guidelines. So I'm going to be producing a lot more content on the spam update because I think it's just the start. And I think we're seeing some very unusual things with Google's algorithms lately. The spam update was devastating to many sites. One thing I do want to mention is that several of the sites that were submitted to me by people who thought for sure that they were hit by the spam update really were actually hit by something else. Some of you were hit by the product reviews updates. Some were hit by the September core update. uh, And you've just continued to see a drop since then. Uh, And some of you have interpreted that as a spam update hit. Uh, this is important to distinguish because if you were hit by a core update, you need to be looking at EAT and how well you're meeting searcher needs as compared to your competitors. Uh, core updates are not about breaking Google spam guidelines. My most recent video on the September core update will be really helpful if, if that's you that was hit, um. EAT and helpfulness though, they're not discussed on the spam guidelines. So if you were hit by the spam update, again, I I sound like a broken record. It sounds, it's because you've been breaking Google's guidelines. Now, you might say, well, what about this competitor? They've been doing the exact same thing that I'm doing and they didn't get hit. And and I think it's because Google initially is going to err on the side of caution. A machine learning algorithm is one that it, it learns. It's like a child that learns how what works and learns what's effective. And the more effective it is, the better it can learn. Um, it might just be that those sites, the ones that are still ranking despite using tactics that are against Google's guidelines, they might just have a few more signals that indicate some type of legitimacy, maybe they did get a couple of truly natural links and that made all the difference. Um, and, and so, so far I have to say though, that every site that I've analyzed that was hit by the spam update clearly was breaking Google's guidelines in some way. I'm not talking about just having, you know, the type of spammy link pointing at it that, uh, every site gets the sort of cruft links. They really were building links for SEO purposes or creating thin affiliate content, all those things I've just said. There were also sites submitted to me that were affected on days outside of the spam update, the spam update happened October 19th to 21st. If you had a drop that seems to start on the 13th, the 17th, or maybe the 28th of October as well, something weird is happening. I am suspicious that it's related to indexing, I've seen a number of people complaining that they can't get content indexed ever since those dates. Uh, and so this is something I'll probably be looking into, but, um, it, there were a number of sites that you really thought you were hit by the spam update. Some of you even sent me images showing that your traffic very clearly dropped on the 13th of October, uh, and that the number of impressions that you received, uh, dropped dramatically. Um, and I, most of the sites that sent me that type of information were ones that aggregated content. So that's something that uh, is to be considered, but I don't have more information on that. So let's say you were hit between October 19th and October 21st. Here are my recommendations to try and recover from the October spam update. Number one, if you've been link building, I actually do feel that you could see some benefit from disavowing. I haven't done a lot of disavowing other than for manual actions in the last few years. If Google has classified your site as spam, and one of the reasons why it's classified that way is because they've detected unnatural links, then to remove the spam classification, you probably need to disavow. Now, is that going to improve your traffic? You're probably only going to see a benefit if you have legitimate links from sites that are somewhat authoritative, and if you have uh, content that is helpful to people, uh, I filmed a whiteboard Friday for Moz years ago, where I talked about some legitimate ways to get links. So I'll link to that in the description. It's a few years old, but it's still very relevant. There aren't any shortcuts though. So here's my recommendation. If you've been hit by the spam update, this could be your Penguin story. I've heard so many SEOs who are now successful talk about how Penguin changed their lives and put them on the right course. Because prior to Penguin, they were working to manipulate Google, to trick Google into thinking that their website was the best of its kind. And when Penguin demolished their sites or their clients' sites, just like many of you who were hit by the spam update, they were completely crushed. When I worked with Penguin hit sites, I had clients that were on the verge of suicide because their entire business had been built on the power of unnatural links. But some people emerged from Penguin to become much, much better content creators, marketers, SEOs, whatever it is that you did. One person that I worked with used to uh, teach music lessons and ranked number one in his city for years on unnatural links. And last I heard, he was an SEO. (laughs) That's what happens when you get into this type of thing. Uh, I think Lily Ray has a story about how when she was working on sites, they were impacted by Penguin and it forced her to learn how to create high quality content and to figure out what is it that Google wants to reward. And look at Lily today. You know, she travels the world talking about EA, and Google's algorithms. She's one of the success stories. I think the spam update could be a turning point for many of you who are hit. You have a choice now to either find other ways to manipulate Google, because there's some people that are still able to do it to some degree, or to truly figure out how to create a website that Google loves. My best recommendation right now is to read Google's new documentation on how to create helpful content. I'll link to it in the description. They've consolidated my favorite blog post, Google's core update questions with the helpful content questions and the product review questions, which are so important and a bunch of other information that shows us what Google considers to be high quality. It's good to be back to doing a rambling episode. You're going to be seeing me experiment with some different content over the next couple of months. My YouTube videos started sending me clients and people are buying my book based on YouTube videos. And I think I've gotten a little bit addicted into trying to understand YouTube's algorithm. It's a machine learned system. And it's trying to deliver helpful content to people. And there are a lot of similarities between YouTube and organic search. EAT is a factor in YouTube's algorithms as well. So I'm going to have a little fun over the next couple of months and create some more YouTube content. I'll be doing a little bit less consulting and creating some content because I really, really love doing it. (laughs) I think it's really important right now in this time where the world is struggling for so many reasons to find something that... You can learn to find something that you really enjoy doing uh, because having joy for your craft uh, is healing. It's something that is, is really, really important. I really love putting podcasts together. I hope to have a whole series on YouTube coming up about the spam update and also an article as well. And as always, you can join my newsletter at mariehaines.com slash newsletter. It's changed significantly. So if you haven't read it for a few months, you should come back and uh, see what I'm adding to it now to get my thoughts on everything that's important to know about Google search each week. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. You can find me on Twitter at Marie I should be reaching 50,000 followers when I started uh, hit record I was on 49,999 followers so uh, that's pretty cool it blows my mind that people like to hear me talk about Google I really love Twitter I hope Elon doesn't ruin it but I think he's got a plan and it's going to be better (laughs) we'll see though thanks so much for listening and I wish you the best of luck with your rankings